I may never know the result of what I do. I may have to live with the result of what I do not do. I chose to look the other way, a poem by Don Merrill. I could have saved a life that day, but I chose to look the other way. It wasn't that I didn't care. I had the time and I was there. But I didn't want to seem a fool or argue over a safety rule. I knew he'd done the job before. If I called it wrong, he might be sore. The chances didn't seem that bad. I've done the same. He knew I had, so I shook my head and I walked on by. He knew the risks as well as I. He took the chance. I closed an eye. With that act, I let him die. I could have saved a life that day, but I chose to look the other way. Now every time I see his wife, I'll know I should have saved his life. That guilt is something I must bear, but it isn't something you need to share. If you see a risk that others take that puts their health or life at stake, the question asked or thing you say could help them live another day. If you see a risk and walk away, then I hope you never have to say, I could have saved a life that day, but I chose to look the other way. I'm Karen. And I am Nula. And we are the Safety Collaborators. Our mission is to help people have better conversations and change the way they think about safety. That poem still gives me goosebumps no matter how many times I have heard it spoken or how many times I have read it. And when you think about the challenges you face when you see an at-risk behaviour that may cause you to walk on by or to look the other way, and then think about, well, exactly that. I may not know the impact I'll have by stopping somebody doing something, but I will very quickly have to live with the act of something going wrong by not stopping someone. And it's not easy. It's actually really hard and more difficult for some than for others. So how difficult it is to walk up to someone and start a conversation about something that you may never have ever spoken about before. I like your line. I'm going to leave it to you. <laughs> Honestly, cringe-worthy pick-up pub scenes yes. come to mind. Because how hard is it? That's probably one of the most uncomfortable things. Mm. And probably more for men than women because you know, that's the expectation. Mm. And it's tough. And I do often feel sorry for men out there who are trying to get into the dating scene or whatever it is, and they've got the built up the courage to come and have the conversation and they just get like, I'm sorry, who are you? Take a walk. Like, why are you, why are you even standing in front of me? Mm. And that sense of rejection of why did I even bother of, well, not going to bother doing that again or trying again, or well, doesn't deserve it anyway, you know, why should I have the interaction? And it's all these emotions that come into play that will then impact the next time that someone's going to go and try and walk up to a potential partner in a pub or somewhere. So if it happens in our personal lives, how much more difficult can it sometimes be in our working environments? Indeed. So the question we're asking today is about how we approach others. And what is your level of preparedness to have a go? So in other words, how comfortable are you or not in walking up to somebody that you may need to have a sometimes difficult conversation, but other times it might even be a, you want to say something good to someone, 
but you're not quite sure how to go about that. Kaz, before we get into that, it just suddenly dawned on me. We have worked with this poem for years, and many people in the industry have, but yeah. someone listening to this may have no idea where did this come from? What is the context around this poem? You can actually Google it, and you'll actually see there's a quite a, I'm going to use the word good loosely, but there's a good video around <laughs> this poem. It stems back to a time when somebody felt they should have stopped the job and didn't. And as a result of that, that person did die. So in the video that you watch, you see there's a guy working on some sort of a flange or something or other. You know, some mechanical type work that he's doing. And you see the guy sort of hesitating, looking, not 100% sure what's going on, but got that sense of, you get that sense, that feeling that something just doesn't look right right now. And in those moments, you know, coming back to all of those emotions coming up, how comfortable do we feel? Should he have interrupted? He thought to himself, well, the last time I had a conversation with him, it didn't go so well. I was sort of told to, you know, nick off. <laughs> Sorry, as I'm talking, this video is coming back to me. So, you know, <laughs> and it was, he was oh, I've, I've tried to approach this guy before about this safety concern and I didn't get, it wasn't appreciated. He got very defensive. And uh, so um, I don't think I'll do it this time. And the resulting is that this time that person didn't survive the event. Remember those times when you've witnessed or worse, tried to have that conversation that went horribly wrong. We have a, a little list here of uh, maybe we can do one each if you want. That sounds like a plan. And maybe you might recognise some of these. So the first one is we call it salute and stay mute, meaning you bite your tongue. You don't confront people in positions of power. So that could be a situation. You know, Try stopping somebody that's more senior to you, trying to have an intervention, if you like, because that's what this approaching others process is really what we're referring to. And the next one is hints, sarcasm, innuendo and looks of disgust often used to make a point. And actually had an example of this recently on site where a group of people were working and everyone was, you know, on their phones and someone sat down and went, hm, I guess I'm the only one in this room who had, doesn't have a phone with them today. Yeah. And everyone was well, like, what an ass, <laughs> you know, like, what was yeah. that about? Yeah. It didn't make a positive point. And I'm actually going to come back to the first one, you know. If you're trying to have a conversation with someone that you deem has more power than you and you stay mute, it, it could be because of that previous experience as well. Very much. Yeah. Because it does, and it may not be the previous experience with that person. No. It may be a previous experience with someone else in power in another job, in another yes. another yeah. context where you've gone, yeah. or even culturally, yeah. it's not appropriate to challenge somebody who is in a position of power above. Indeed. Cultural norms, we could go into a whole conversation around cultural norms here, which we won't today, but that comes into it very much so, and that uh, the power distance between where you are and where that person is. And they don't have to be your leader, as you quite rightly said. They could be somebody else that has this assessment of power distance. I like the uh, playing the martyr. So this is a time when you might approach somebody under the pretense that you're trying to help. So it's, you know, it's all about, well, I'm going to interrupt you because 
this is the way to do it, mm. or I'm here to help you, so just let me, something along those lines. It's probably not one I do very well, yeah. so I'm not sure. But um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's also that, oh, you look like you might be struggling there, but let me help you. Yeah. That's why I know I yeah. don't do that one very yes. well because it doesn't work for me. No. Yeah. Or, you know, it's gone wrong for me before, so yeah. just stop what you're doing because, you know, yeah. it's gone wrong for me before, but I'll do it for you or do it my yeah. way. Yeah. But it, it's not coming across in a helpful no. way. It's more probably my current reaction to that actually is like, Ugh, please go away. It's not a helpful approach. It is not. The next one, the blame everyone or the blame all. Mm. So that scattergun approach of I'm going to just put something out here in front of a whole group of people hoping that the one person I'm trying to give the message to will get it mm. because I don't actually want to go and approach the one person. So I'll say it in front of everyone, mm. you know, like, gosh, I'm sure that gloves are mandatory in this area. And there are 10 people in the area and only one is not wearing gloves. Mm. So it becomes this shotgun approach, mm. which can end up feeling like quite finger pointing or like, well, that was awkward. Why don't you just walk up to that person and go, um, wear your gloves? Exactly. Exactly. It reminds me a bit of when we were discussing feedback in, I think it was episode 29, 29. 30. Isn't that nice? We can say that we got that many. Yoo-hoo. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like that sense of how do you say things? Do you say you always mm. instead of when you do this, this is the reaction. So it's not about an always or a blame all. And it has to be in context to the reason why you feel that you need to approach to somebody in mm. the first place. There is no one only way, if you know what I mean. There's multiple ways to approach people. But here's some more of this list of things that you may recognise or have done. Horribly wrong. have <laughs> gone terribly wrong. So reverting to violence. Mm, let's hope not. But, you know, when we say reverting to violence, it could be that somebody could just being subtle manipulation. Like, can't you see that over there? Surely that would have been more useful for you or something along those lines. Two verbal attacks, you know, where people are using swear words or they're just being rude or they're just, you know, having a right go at you. Well, their body language is elevating to a point of, okay, this is becoming quite aggressive. Exactly. And yeah. we don't always know why people get like that, but they do. And we don't always know what's going on for them. So reverting to violence is probably up there as one of the worst approaches. I love the next one. Yeah. Acting like we know mm. everything and hoping that people will believe our arguments. Mm. The, we don't need Google around here because we have so-and-so. Yep. Or here comes, you know, oh, yeah. right, everyone stop what you're doing because we're going to be told how to do it another way because yeah. exactly. you know, that person has done it their way the entire time and believes it is the only way in which to be able to do something. So stop what you're doing because we're just going to have to undo it. What was coming to mind is around that addiction to being right. So if we think we know everything, and I mean, I think act like we know everything is like, it's a pretense to some degree. It's not actually that. Mm. Uh, but I think there's also an opportunity here for those people that really, they're addicted to being right. So they're going to argue with you until you do it their way. I think we kind of touched on the power player, but uh, so we don't care about what 
you actually have to say because you know I'm going to get you back and it will be twice as bad. Yeah, tit for tat. Yeah, tit for tat, exactly. The other one is that whole I'm going to borrow power. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about conversations that go horribly wrong because it can turn around and bite you so badly, but it's not a case of I'm going to say that this is a safety rule or, you know, what you're doing isn't quite right. I'm going to say the OIM says, Mm. I'm going to drop a name. So I'm going to use the power of somebody else. Oh, no, no, no. I was with safety this morning and they've said that this is the rule. So you have to do it this way because somebody else who's more powerful than me or more powerful than you or in a higher position has said it and I'm going to just enforce it on you even if they aren't in the room. Mm. And it can be very manipulative because the person who is in power may never have ever said that or even know that their name is being used Mm. in contexts of this kind of borrowing power which links into the power play that you spoke about a little while ago. Indeed. And, you know, when you think about why do people do that? Well, it's because I'm hoping that it'll motivate you to move to my thinking. So it's not a conversation. It's around, it's more around, I want you to do it my way and I will find a way for you So much of this actually ultimately comes down, I want you to do it my way. Or we step away. If you want to reach out to us, use the hashtag Conversations That Matter and we'll pick it up on the socials. Or look out for us on LinkedIn, Karen Ovari, me, Nula Gage, or our company, Safety Collaborations. Now back to this week's show. Another one is discrediting others or stealing their thunder is another one too, I think. Mm -hmm. A political play to build personal support and diminish the credibility of the other person. So making yourself look good in front of other people and making the other person feel bad. Mm -hmm. I think another one that comes into here is when people don't feel heard. I think that comes into here as well. You know, you can be sitting around, you can all be in that, you know, whatever the team meeting is, whatever the situation is. And that one person that's trying to note themselves, that political play, that get support from other people, discrediting the others, or you somebody's saying something, but they just get spoken over as well. And it can really just make approaching or being approached by that person the next time just so uncomfortable. Really? Build up the barriers. Mm. Well, with all of these all before of you even start. Yeah. And the last one I just love. Yeah. <laughs> so the last one is um, <laughs> that song, 50 Ways to Lose Your Lover, comes to mind. That's what but I was trying to think of. 50 yeah. Ways to Freeze Your Lover. <laughs> so what do we do with this one? It's, well, you know, we're just, I'm just going to stop talking to you. I'm just going to give you the cold shoulder and ignore you and hope that that will make you treat me better. And I think when we were looking at this, I, I mentioned my grandmother to you because she used to do that to my mom. Mm. Like mm. from when my mom was little. And my mother, you know, even as an adult, she said, after my grand had passed away, she said, you know, I still don't know what it was that I would do mm. that was so bad that she would just stop speaking to me for days, mm. just days. Mm. And it's just such an unhealthy way of trying to deal with conflict or deal with a situation. Or, or not. It's very or manipulative. I, I feel that cold shoulder approach. Mm. Can you imagine back in the workplace, you give cold shoulder, I mean, we see it where people didn't like something that someone said to them, so they just ignore them or they go and sit at another table. They won't sit. We probably see it in the schoolyards through to Mm -hmm. uh, the galley on a vessel. Exactly. (laughs) He said this, so I'm not going to do that. Maybe it's because we just don't know a different way. 
So we might want to have a go at having a conversation, but we don't know how to approach it. So one of these just awkward examples comes out and at the end of it you just think oh I just opened my mouth to change feet that wasn't the way I wanted this conversation to go it has just ended horribly Mm. so there's two things what do we do when we walk away from a conversation we just think oh that was just horrid just oh I I just don't want to repeat that and the other one is how do we prepare before we go into a conversation so that we don't walk away going Oh, it was one of those, wasn't it? Well, I think also bringing it back to very much now about how do we approach people when we see something unsafe or something that isn't going according to plan. Or inappropriate. And we have to try and have that one-on-one type conversation. We need to have an intervention somewhere. That's Mm. always a tricky word, but you know what I mean. It taps into different skills that we need to learn along the way. Over the last two, three episodes, we've been talking, so episode 28, 29, 30, we've been talking about listening, how to give and receive feedback, and also our personalities come into this. So how we, our own individual makeup will make a big difference as to how comfortable we are in approaching other people. Mm -hmm. So if you think about someone who is very task-oriented and wants results very quickly, well, they probably will have not a great deal of problem walking up to somebody because it's about the result. They're not too worried about that person's feelings or anything like that. On the opposite end of that, you'll have somebody who thinks, oh, I don't want to upset that person. I don't, so I'm not sure that I want to, if I intervene, they might get upset and I don't want to upset them, so I'll just let it go. Another one might be, you know what, I don't do that for a living, that's not the sort of job that I do, so therefore, even though I feel a bit uncomfortable here, I don't have enough knowledge to be able to have a successful intervention. And Mm. probably the person, the type of person that is most comfortable is that person that actually is happy to go and talk to anybody, (laughs) you know, that person that's really happy to go up and intervene, have a conversation with somebody. They wouldn't even see it as an intervention, actually. They'll just see it as, oh, I need to have a conversation with you because I've just observed this. Let's chat about it. When we talk about different personality types, all of this comes into play. But when we're on the work site, we each have to find our comfort, our layer of comfort, and find the right approach and method for ourselves under how to do that. Now, for the, a lot of the part, particularly in the oil and gas sector and many other high-risk industries, we do get training around this, but that doesn't make it easy. We run lots and lots and lots and over the years workshops trying to help people get past this barrier. What I've often turned around and said to them, so, you know, Sometimes you won't interrupt somebody because you've had it, they get defensive or you might have had a past bad experience, but sometimes that person is you. And how would you feel if somebody didn't stop you and you got hurt? Exactly. How would your family feel if you could have been stopped, but now you don't get to go home to them? Or, you know, yeah, exactly. It is. It's that change of mindset where you suddenly stop and go... Oh, wow. 
I would actually be thankful that they stopped. Mm. Or I would be thankful that they pointed out that maybe this isn't appropriate. Because it's not always about an at-risk behaviour. No, not at all. It can just be a a conversation where you're looking and going, oh my gosh, this is completely inappropriate for these circumstances. Mm -hmm. What we call a career-limiting move. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Like, shut your mouth now. Yeah. Please. So there's multitudes of different types of conversations. And it's how do we approach people And I love what you said there. It's about being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So be you. You don't want to change who you are. You want to be you and bring you into the conversation of going, okay, let's talk about what's going on around here. And when we get it wrong, and I I mentioned that earlier, you know, sometimes you walk away from, you go, oh, that was just so awkward. What do you do? You dig deep and you find an appropriate time to actually apologize and say, I try to intervene with you. And it didn't really go very well. Can we try that again? Or you intervened with me and I gave you a really horrid reaction because Mm. I was defensive in the moment and I was like, I'll sod off. Mm. I've been doing this for 20 years or I've done this five times already in this way and nothing went wrong. Mm. And realized, oops, okay, Mm. best I am. Go and say thank you for intervening because actually the next time you might be saving my life. There are some standard ways or some standard ideas that you can implement or practice for when it comes to how to approach others. Now, interestingly, this is all about how we communicate for the most part. Now, sometimes your intervention is going to be in the moment. And what we're talking about here is if you see somebody in imminent danger, I don't think anybody has a problem intervening in those moments. You know, that's a whole different kettle of fish, really. Most people Mm. will just do what they need to do if they see somebody that's in imminent danger or something that could be potentially dangerous. Those situations aren't really what we're talking about. We're talking about the more subtle that, you know, you walk past somebody and chose to look the other way. In those cases, maybe you do need to plan the intervention. So have a think about it. Okay, the next time I see this person, what do I need to do? Think about what you observed. It's not about the individual. It's about what you observed. It might be about how it made you feel, but definitely about Mm -hmm. what you observed. So plan your intervention. Approach that person. Do it with an open mind. And going back to what we spoke about with pause and play, think about when we were talking about personality diversity. Yes. Think about, okay, what might I need to pause on? so that it doesn't come out in the wrong way? And what might I need to play on so that I can pull that confidence to actually, or might not even be confidence, but the right words or way of doing something to be able to approach the person and have the conversation? Ask open questions. Don't go in with leading questions. So if you see somebody standing on a chair and there's a ladder beside them, there's a fairly good chance you might say, hey, didn't you see that ladder over there? Or you might say, is there a particular reason why you're standing on that chair? You know? Or you might say, mm-hmm. do you want to come off that chair? Let's have a little conversation. Right? You pick your own way. Everybody will have their own different way of doing that. Most importantly, listen. Listen to the response. Hear what is being said, but also hear what is not being said. And that amazing open question of, and what else? Say more yeah. about that. Communicate what you may have learned and give feedback on that. So it could be about what you saw that was good. It's not, you know, an intervention isn't always about what's going wrong. Sometimes you might want to have a conversation with somebody about what's going really well. So 
communicate what you have learned exactly. and give that feedback to the person because that actually helps that learning process and developing that learning culture, if you wish. And then engage the person in a conversation about the consequence or potential consequence of their action. And that might be, you just had a really good catch there. Yeah. What is the consequence or potential consequence of you having that good catch? Well, we won't have equipment failure. You know, somebody won't get hurt. So I love that you brought it back to focus on the positives as well. Mm. Don't just, this is not just about stopping something that may be awkward or career limiting. It's also about rewarding the behaviors and the things that we want to see. So again, how might this have turned out if you had continued or if you didn't have the good catch, whichever way it may be going? Exactly. So remember, approaching others may not be the easiest thing in the world for many people, but it may also be a really critical skill that can not only improve other people's lives, but will also help you to grow and develop in who you are and turn up as your best self. As always, thank you for listening and joining us today and having another conversation that matters. Connect with us at safetycollaborations.com where you will find the show notes for this episode. We have a lovely little live chat there where you can leave us a message and we'd really love to hear your thoughts. So if you enjoy this podcast, help us spread the word by following us on your favourite podcast platform and sharing it with others. I'd like to give a special little thank out this week to the wonderful Ted and Boo, who actually helped produce this podcast for us. And without their help, we may not still be here. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag true story. <laughs> for another time. No, seriously, though, we really appreciate all the help that they give us. They help with the production and it's important. Never underestimate your support team. Absolutely. Underwire brow comes to mind. Till next week, stay safe and stay well. Mm-hmm.